0: a
1: good friend of mine hello and welcome to the huntsman world senior games active life my name is kyle case and i'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot jeff harding jeff how are you doing today i'm doing i'm, I'm like jeremiah i feel like a bullfrog <laughs> and i'm seeing joy to the world okay well i I know that the singing joy to the world part is good. I'm not sure how to interpret your feeling like a bullfrog. Well, I don't know either, but that song inspired <laughs> me. It always does. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, Jeff, listen, uh, I'm glad that you're feeling good, first yeah, of all. Yeah. And I'm glad you're feeling like a bullfrog, I think. <laughs> I think. I think I'm glad you're feeling Don't like worry, I will not be jumping around the office. Okay, all right, good. So, listen, here's the thing. It's hard for all of us, for any of us, to maintain a healthy weight. Well, yeah, it is. It's just a challenge, right? I mean, I'm the biggest one in the room here. (laughs) Well, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying for all of us, it's hard to maintain a healthy weight. But according to Reader's Digest, there are a bunch of food myths out there that might be contributing to our weight gain, and we need to set the record straight. Okay, so these are things that we believe won't help us create weight gain, but actually do. Uh, some of them are. Some of okay. them are just things that we think are true that are kind of contributing to our right. our weight demise, if you will. Well, I'm so, looking forward to being educated. Okay, let's let's jump into them. Here we go. Number one myth: A calorie is a calorie is a calorie. That empty, is not correct. No, empty calories are worse than. than yes, than that is calories. not correct. This myth, it, it just it seems like it refuses to die and it keeps people from getting and staying healthy, as well as losing weight and keeping it off. Says Mark Hyman who is uh, a doctor and author of Food What the heck should I eat? The truth is is that there really are good and bad calories. Yep. So eating 20,000 calories a day even if they're all from fruits and vegetables is going to make you gain weight. Right. Like 20,000 calories isn't too much no matter what. right? But eating 20,000 calories from fruits and vegetables is not going to hurt you nearly as much as eating 10,000 calories in donuts and processed junk food. Right. So basically, if you want to know what's bad for you, just follow me around all day. <laughs> there, that might be a, a, a way for some of us to go. But listen, our bodies are much more complex than a simple math problem. In fact, every bite you eat affects your hormones, your brain chemistry, your metabolism, all of the above. What counts more is the quality, not necessarily the quantity of calories. Although That's at right. some point, quantity is, well, yeah, is a question that well always come too. into play. So a calorie is not a calorie. We need to make sure that we're taking in good calories, not the bad ones. Right. Myth number two: Egg yolks raise your cholesterol and cause heart attacks. Mm. Now this is a little bit of a controversial one because we keep getting mixed messages from the scientific right. community on this one. First they were fine, then they were horrible, then they were okay, then they were not that good but okay and now they're back to fine. So right. take that with a grain of salt. That's that's the reality that we that we're dealing with. But according to uh, the article that I've read, contrary to popular belief, the cholesterol in food you eat has virtually no impact on the cholesterol levels in your blood. It's sugar and carbs that trigger production of bad cholesterol. Oh. The 2015 dietary guidelines officially exonerated egg yolks, finding no link between dietary cholesterol and heart disease, says Dr. Hyman. Plus, the yolk contains choline, which is essential for proper cell functioning in your body. So, if you've been thinking, oh, I can't eat those, those uh, eggs, they're bad for me. Or those egg yolks specifically. Yeah, it's, uh, that's not true, apparently. Well, that's good because I eat the are yolk. Good. Yeah, well, so do I. I ate the whole yeg. Yeah. The Ye- shell as the well? Whole, well, no, the whole yeg. That, that's oh, the yolk okay. and the, and the, the white. The yolk and the white, but not the shell. No. Okay. That's the other part of the Stay away from I, that. I, well, I, sometimes I do, but I'm not very careful cracking it, but that's another story. <laughs> that is another story. Number three, this is another myth. Diet soda is better for you than regular soda. Yeah. This is going to be disappointing for hundreds and thousands of soda lovers, Maybe but it's millions. just it's just not true. Artificial sweeteners are hundreds to thousands of times sweeter than regular sugar, and they activate our genetically programmed preference for sweet taste more than any other substance. Mm. They trick your metabolism into thinking sugar is on its way. This causes your body to pump out insulin, the fat storage hormone, and that increases your belly fat. So all this idea of, oh, I'm drinking diet coke because it's good for me or diet soda because it's good for me doesn't make a bit of difference it doesn't unfortunately so that's something to be aware of and to put that myth to rest so that means you might as well drink the good stuff you might as well if you're going to do something you might as well right (laughs) here's another one red meat is bad for you oh that's you've heard that one before right you've heard that one before well contrary to popular belief red meat can be good for you It's full of protein, obviously. Iron, zinc, and B vitamins, says nutritionist and holistic health coach Jennifer Silverman. Did you know that you need to eat three and a half cups of kidney beans to get as much protein as six ounces of grass-fed beef? And it doesn't taste nearly as good. To me, it doesn't. Now, no. I, some people might might prefer the, beans, but yeah, I prefer true. the six ounces. In fact, I probably prefer the sixteen ounces of grass-fed beef. <laughs> if I'm being all myself, all's be equal, yes. Uh, she says it's important to always aim for grass-fed and let your meat serve as a condiment on your plate, three to seven ounces uh, rather than the whole thing. But ooh, I just I like a good steak. But <laughs> organic vegetables should make up the rest of what goes onto your plate. And here is the last one. This is a, a myth that is very popular. That it's time to put to rest. Number uh, five. Is that what I'm on? Number I five. Think so. Honey or agave is a better source of sugar than high fructose corn syrup. Really? Now, now there's some there's some lo- some some logic, I guess, or at least we're being told that that's mm-hmm. a logical conclusion. But here's the deal: sugar is pretty much sugar, and it doesn't help anyone to think that honey, agave, brown sugar, stevia, or coconut sugar are healthy. From a weight loss perspective, honey and agave are caloric, says nutrition and weight loss specialist Adrian Udim. In the case of honey, it even has a similar glycemic index to high fructose corn syrup, meaning that there will be a rise in blood sugar following the ingestion of both of those substances. The goal is to curb the use of sweets, not replace sweets when trying to lose weight. Yeah, but honey is so good. Honey's good, and you know what? High fructose corn sugar tastes good too, and most of the things that we eat. Well, you know, but honey but, tastes good by itself. But if we're trying to reduce weight, yeah, okay, which that makes sense. you know, and maybe your yeah. health goals are different, right? Maybe your yeah. health goals are different. But if you're trying to lose weight, replacing one form of sugar with another form of sugar isn't necessarily yeah. helping you. Uh, so but keep that does that in make mind. sense. It does make sense. So there's a few food myths. Uh, that uh that that we that they say in Reader's Digest we need to put to to rest. In full disclosure though, I've read articles that directly contradict some of these myths and say that they're actually true. But you so, found that on the internet, so it has to be true. It has to be true. That's the hard thing about living the active life and trying to be healthy. Here's the thing. I'm just gonna say this moderation and common sense. You don't go wrong with those. I'm just gonna say moderation and common sense and just leave it there. Yeah. Jeff, I'm excited for today's guest. Suzanne Cordes is a coach and fitness enthusiast and has been for more than 30 years. She has a master's degree in sports science, specializing in biomechanics and kinesiology. She's also, Jeff, a track and field athlete at the Huntsman World Senior Games. Yes, she is. And perhaps most impressive, she is a record holder in our uh, 1,500-meter track race in our track and field event. That's right. And Suzanne, we're excited to have you join us today.
0: Oh, Thanks for having me.
1: We're, uh, we're looking forward to visiting with you and talking about your experience at the Games, but also some of your, uh, your expertise. So um, let's, as a fitness and, uh, and, and a coach, um, let's just start off with, what do you think about some of those myths that I just shared? Are those things that you uh, hear with your clients? Or are they things that you're aware of? What, what do you think about what we just talked about?
0: Yeah, I do. They come up a lot with clients, actually. Um, with the diet soda,
1: I usually yes. recommend
0: that people omit any kind of soda. Soda,
1: whatever, yeah. I,
0: yeah, I don't omit much from their diets. I try not to. We just minimize some of the things that uh, can hold up a weight loss program. But the diet soda, if you just read the label and you look at the ingredients, then it's a no-brainer. People will say, okay, I can replace that with a flavored water or tea, something that's that's a little healthier. So.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Awesome, awesome. I I think that, again, all good advice and uh, everything in moderation from... It's probably the most solid advice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Suzanne, once again, uh, we're excited to have you join us and I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of your expertise in coaching and training athletes. And I'm just, I'm curious, as you've worked with individuals and maybe even with teams, what are some common, I guess, challenges that come up uh, when you are working with people that are trying to get the very most out of their workouts and be the best athlete that they can be,
0: um, time is a big one <laughs> right now.
1: <laughs> I can um, buy into that one, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, just making a goal that it's important in their daily routine and finding that time, carving out that time, is probably the biggest hurdle I see. But I find that I also work with older athletes and retired folks that have more time. So it's it's the perfect situation for them because I can recommend the, uh, the Huntsman Games and some of the senior activities that are going on in our our area and in the state and the national games, and it becomes a really fun goal for them to work toward, and they tend to have the time to do it. So, um, yeah, time is, is the it's big, a big one.
1: one. I, I, I love what you just shared in the sense of you're, you're recommending that people use the Huntsman World Senior Games in particular, obviously, I love that, but well, be but, but other, uh, other events uh, in general as a goal. And we hear that so often among our athletes at the Huntsman World Senior Games, that they do just that. They use the games as a goal and that keeps them motivated. It gets them up in the morning. It keeps them focused in on their training and on their diet and on their nutrition and the things that are going on. And, and I think that there's real power in that, in setting a goal, whether it's the Huntsman world senior games or something else, maybe it's a local five K, maybe it's a, a triathlon, maybe it's just a specific, um, you know, event that's coming up in your area, uh, that you kind of tie your, your goal to, but, but I love that concept. And you found Suzanne that over the years that has been successful to some of your clients.
0: Yeah. Having a goal versus, um, I have a client currently that has trouble with time. He's very busy. (laughs) And uh, he doesn't have the time to set an event goal. So his goal is just to show up and see me twice a week for an hour. And that's a big goal in itself right there. But I have found that the success of the, the individual goals like weight loss or improving strength and posture, those types of goals... Um, they can meet those goals better if they've got an event goal that they work toward. And my clients that have weight loss goals, we don't tend to focus on weight a lot. I do an assessment in the beginning and we do a body composition and we take their weight. But I find that if they're focusing on a goal of performance or an event that they're going to go to and they want to do well, then the weight loss will come. And that's the bonus at the end. Yeah. Whereas this focusing on the weight loss by itself, um, it tends to be a longer uh, process to reach that goal. (laughs) And maybe
1: even a harder and more difficult process as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They they see a little success. They get on the scale and they're down a pound or two and then they sneak and... You know, they, <laughs> they reward themselves. Yeah. A, and then they're a, up a little bit, a and then gone. they go, oh no, yeah. and then they cut yeah. back, and it's this roller coaster up and down. Whereas, you know, when they're focusing on their performance and um, their strength gains and their cardiovascular fitness, everything falls into place, I feel, more easily. Um, the fitness is, you know, it's they're pushing themselves, but yeah. the, the goals for weight loss come more easily.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And I think. Uh, you know, if I look back in my life and the times when i 've been most successful um in in weight loss or whatever the goal was, it does seem like when it 's been tied to a goal that that helps a lot. Uh, yeah. I know a few years ago I actually competed in a wrestling tournament, and um I had to make a certain weight class or I wanted to make a certain weight class so i wouldn 't be giving up. Uh, so much weight, and uh, I found that on the times when I on the times when I was just really focused in on losing that weight, it was really hard. But when I just focused on getting in better shape, it seemed like it went a little bit better for me. So oh, yeah. I like yeah. that. Exactly. You are listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Huntsman World Senior Games athlete Suzanne Cordes, and uh, she's also a coach and uh, an expert in kinesiology and and uh, just all around um, how to be, be your best self from an athlete standpoint. I want to switch gears just a little bit, Suzanne, and talk about your experience as an athlete. Um, have, you, have you always been active? Have you always been um, a participant in different athletic events, or is this something that you picked up later on? Or what, what's your history been there?
0: Um, I started in just a fun little weekend event that happened once a year back in 1970, and they had, it was for kids, and I was 10, and they had a 50-yard dash and a running long jump, and I thought, oh, you know. That would be fun. That sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was the running long jump back then. Um, So I did those, and they gave me a red ribbon. I got second place in both, and I thought, well, that was fun. So then I decided I would come back the next year, and I've been coming back every Every year. (laughs) Every every year since.
1: So how long are you doing on your running broad jump now?
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, funny
0: how the names have changed. Yeah, yeah. they had a standing and a running uh, long jump, broad jump. jump. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they call it long now, but they used to call it broad jump. That that really dates me, doesn't it? (laughs) So you've been able, uh, Suzanne, to kind of reach in some ways the the holy grail of activity where you've been competitive and athletic for most of your life. A, a lot of us find that because of what you just barely talked about, that time restraint, that it's difficult for us to uh, maintain that, you know, oh, their sure. life happens and work and family and different things. And we find lots of excuses and it really, Suzanne, it comes down to priorities. You know, we, we give time to the things that are important to us, but, uh, but congratulations to you for being able to be active and and stay competitive all through your life. So you started out as a 10-year-old. Um, obviously, you're still competing in, in various events. What are some of the events that you compete in on an annual basis?
0: Um, I've moved up to longer distances since, since I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I incorporated some cycling into my routine in the last four or five years and now compete in do-athlons. Du- du- Okay. and cycling events and running events. The running events are usually 5K and 10K, but I have been running for many, many years, and I'm trying to get now back into some of the shorter events like I used to do in high school and, and college. I ran um, shorter events. So that's where the 1500 at the Huntsman Games came into play, and I thought, I'm going to just... Try this out and try to you know go a little shorter. Um,
1: so, so I I love I love again it, it, you know it's language and terminology. But when you say a short race, like I know Jeff and I are thinking, fifteen hundred <laughs> meters seems like kind of that's a long a long ways. <laughs> <laughs> so I you yeah, know but like to me 10K is, is Yeah, I mean it is longer for sure.
0: Yeah, but, and it's funny I I coach marathoners and. You know, a half marathon to them is short. Right. And I look at I look at the half marathon as you know.
1: I think that's a long that's always, ways to go.
0: It, it, yeah, it's a long way. So it's all relative. It's the ten k down to the fifteen hundred that uh, you know it seems short.
1: So I want to talk a little bit about that fifteen hundred. You've come to the Huntsman World Senior Games as an athlete and competed, and you walked away as a record holder. In the 1,500 <laughs> meters for your age group. I think that's fantastic. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. Yes, thank
0: you. Yeah, that was...
1: Uh, was that, that was a goal when you came?
0: Um, I had the cycling and the longer distance running on the schedule, and I thought we can stay a few extra days for the track and field events. So I signed up for the 1,500 and the 3,000, and they were the last event, so I was pretty fatigued by the time that the 1500 came around. But I thought, I'm going to look up the record and just see. I yeah. took the ballpark of the times. And I saw the record, and I did the math, and I broke it down into what the time I for each lap would be that I would need to run to try to break the record. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it's, it's doable. It's possible. Uh, it was going to be a challenge, but but it was short. So I thought, you know, if I just go all out... <laughs> a <laughs> <Well, laughs> faster at the short. start than i usually do in the longer events i think i can do it and so yeah as i was uh going along i thought oh i made the first lap and and then i was ahead of the goal and so then i just pushed i gave it everything i had and uh and broke the record yeah so that was really fun
1: well congratulations i i think um I hope that people understand how hard that is to do. You know, yes. we have competitive athletes that come and compete, and the records are are not easy to reach. And uh, I love how you took kind of a, a methodical approach to it, and um, you know, visualized what that was going to look like. We've we've talked many times on our show about the importance of visualization and right. what an important part that plays in sports psychology. And here's a perfect success story of someone who applied that as a principle and put it to work. Um, tell me what it felt like to cross the line and look at the clock and know that you had achieved your goal.
0: Oh, yeah! It was it was the highlight of the games, and I had done you know, so many other types of events, cycling and and uh, the long events. The ten k was out in the canyon, which was really fun. But to come across the line, to know along the way that I was in the game was really exciting, and I thought, okay, I've got to just maintain this or give it everything, and when it came down to the last lap, I, had, I knew that I was, I was going to make it if I could just pick my knees up, <laughs> <laughs> not catch a spike. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, I was really, really thrilled when I came through
1: well, Suzanne, once again, congratulations. That's that's Thank fantastic. You. Now, you mentioned that you competed in a variety of different events. I, I'm wondering if you would just share your overall experience as an athlete at the Huntsman World Senior Games. What were things that stood out to you that were, you know, just just part of the great experience of of being an athlete at the games?
0: Oh, the the greatest thing about the games, I feel, it's the people that you meet, and they become friends. And you know, you get their contact information, and they're on Facebook, and then you connect with them and see if they're going to go the next year and how you can connect and um, to me that's that's the best part. is just the people that you're going to, that are in your age group that you meet.
1: Yeah, you know, we hear that so often. I'm glad you mentioned that, and that's that's just a reoccurring theme oh, it is that we hear at the Huntsman World Senior Games. most of the time when people come for the first time, it's because they've heard the competition is good and they want to push themselves. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of different reasons, but mostly it centers around the competition when people come year one. But after that, it's just like what you said, you do make friends and there's, there's such a supportive family feel uh, at a senior event and the Huntsman World Senior Games in particular. And um, boy, as staff, when we walk around, to the different events, it's so gratifying for us to see those friendships formed, and you see people that just, you know, hugs at the at the finish line and handshakes at the end of a basketball game, and there there's there's true friendships and true relationships that form. People genuinely cheering for competitors. Yeah, yeah, that actually is very common. I mean, genuinely cheering for them. I mean, hurry, hoping they do well. So yeah, uh, I'm glad yeah. that that has been your experience as well.
0: Yeah, I, that's that's the driving force now. Is just to, to go there and to see some of the, the folks you saw last year and, and to look forward to meeting some new people and, and the challenge of, of reaching the fitness goal, too, to see what you can do and if you can better your time um, and, you know, look at the records. And
1: There's nothing wrong with setting a new record each year. <laughs> that's
0: <right. laughs> Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> that is a tough one. <laughs> the, the cycling, though, is, is kind of fun because there's different categories so you can come in as a complete beginner and work your way up to the next level up, which is recreational and you know and then, then so there's the categories I feel are, are really great in that respect, so what, um, One of the great they will yeah they move you up too yeah, if. Yeah. Uh, if you
1: win. I agree. That's one of the great things about the Huntsman World Senior Games is whenever it's possible, and it's not possible in every sport and in every case, but whenever it's possible, we try really hard to get people in a skill level as well as an age group so that there's a, a legitimate chance at success. It's not guaranteed, but a legitimate chance. Well, okay. Suzanne, let me just say thank you so much for joining us on the radio show, and thanks for being an athlete and being a part of the Huntsman World Senior Games. You've been a wonderful guest.
0: Oh, Thank you for having me.
1: So, Jeff, that's the time that we have for Suzanne, but I want to just uh, give a shout-out to the idea that registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games is open. It is. In fact, you could go right now to SeniorGames.net and register for your choice of 30 different sports. And I'm going to tell you, some of our sports tend to fill up pretty yeah. quickly, so you don't want to wait. Now's the time. Well, and Pickleball's about to, to close. Yes, it is. Uh, so, so be aware of that. The 2018 dates of the Huntsman World Senior Games are October 8th through the 20th. So you do have time to get prepared, but now is the time to register. You don't want to miss the opportunity to be a part of the Huntsman World Senior Games. So head over to seniorgames.net, click on register, and find a sport that works for you, and get yourself registered to be an athlete in the games. Don't forget to tune in next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and you can even find us in your Stitcher app as well. It's easy to add us to your list of favorite podcasts. Just search for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, hit subscribe, and you will never miss an episode. Not one. Jeff, here's an inspirational thought for the day. If you're tired of starting over, stop giving up. Amen. Until next (laughs) Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.